here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rat Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott here at the Nine Route to help give you the deep dive you need. Going deep to win your fantasy football league uh, on a week-to-week and season basis. We we like to get these out of the way for the preseason as far as our rankings. Uh, uh, now we're going to get into uh, something that we, we definitely, you know, before we get too far into it, yeah, we definitely like to talk about a strategy, whether you have a plan or you don't, or you're trying to figure out what works or what might be the best for you. Um, obviously, there's a lot of information out there right now, uh, tons of different things. We're going to give you our ideas and ways that we have attacked drafts, whether it be a regular redraft with no kind of keeper concepts or anything like that, or if you're in a keeper league or the dynasty leagues that are that are all the rage and everything like that, where you know, you may have multiple picks that can be traded during a draft or you're just going right down the line and just picking best guys available and stuff like that. So we're going to talk about what works for us uh, and may work for you. Um, some of it may sound familiar. Some of it may be a little a light in the darkness, so to speak. What do you think, Pat? You think these folks are ready for uh, for our strategies? Hopefully we can get them a win. I hope so. I mean, I, I think that you know, this is just my personal opinion, but I feel like going into any game or sport or competition or anything like that, I think one of the biggest factors of on how well you're going to do is what kind of strategy you have going in. Now, you know, you've heard people say things like you win your league at the draft or you don't win your league at the draft or whatever the case is. And I think that depending on the type of manager, fantasy manager that you are, Both of those things can be true. I think that you are one of the people who probably doesn't win your league at the draft. You tend to be a lot more uh, active in the trade market and uh, very active with picking up players, you know, throughout the season and things like that. Uh, I tend to not trade as much. I try to try to, you know, gather as many good players as I can, you know, early in the season. And then, uh, you know, I'll trade if, if, something comes along or if I feel like I'm weak in, in a certain area, but uh, you know, I don't think either of those strategies is necessarily wrong. I just think that you have to have a strategy going in. You have to have some sort of basis for the decisions that you're going to make moving forward in your fantasy league. So you and I are going to sort of lay out our own individual draft strategies and, and give a few tips. And uh, like I said, they're, they're generally pretty different. Yeah, I'd say some of it's polar opposite, and then some of it is, uh, some of it is very, uh, very similar. So when I go into a draft, most of the leagues that I'm in, uh, I've been in for a while. Every once in a while, usually once a season, just to kind of keep things fresh, I will jump into like a brand new uh, league. Uh, sometimes with people I know, sometimes with people I don't know, just depends, but just to sort of get in there and just, and just do a normal draft. A lot of the long time leagues that I'm in are either keeper leagues or, you know, they're redraft, but you're with the same guys, you know, from year to year, your draft position may change, but you generally know your draft position prior to getting to the draft. So in most of the leagues that I'm in, 
kind of have an idea when I go into the draft, who's already going to be kept. If it's a keeper league, you know, who's going to be drafting in which positions, where my draft picks are, you know, so that gives you a basis. If you can, if you're in a league like that, where, you know, it's the same people over and over again, but I think a lot of fantasy leagues are take advantage of all the information that you have at your disposal to make a, a an informed decision on your draft strategy. So for example, if you're in just as a, you're in one league, or there's one league that you really care about and you know that you are going to be drafting from whatever, let's say the four position, go into your draft, knowing what a good draft in your mind looks like from the four position, you know, who are you looking to get with that first, uh, that first round pick? Once you get that player, like how does your team go from there? So it's, it's, it's about specific builds. And my first uh, tip or strategy is, Decide what type of team you're looking to draft. Generally, you're going to find in the first round that you can pretty much get the foundation for any type of team that you're going to that you're going to want to build. And what I mean by you know what type of team is decide: Are you going to go for running backs early? Are you going to you know maybe try a zero RB strategy and not draft any running backs until? you know, the fifth or sixth round or, or whatever, maybe you want to do. And one of the strategies that I did uh, last year that I really liked was what they called a hero RB. Um, basically what that means is just taking one really good running back early and then sort of transitioning to a, a sort of not necessarily a zero RB, but one running back and then fill up your other positions, wide receivers, maybe even grab your quarterback and your tight end, and then mix in some more running backs further on down the road. And when you do this, when, you just, when you're trying to decide on the strategy that you want to use, one of the things that I do is I go through and look at the, I do a lot of mock drafts, and then I look at the players that I notice that I'm reaching for. So if I see a guy who, um, you know, maybe as five or six players down the list when it's my turn to draft, but I'm still reaching for that guy anyway. That's how I know that that's sort of a guy that that I'm, uh, you know, a little bit higher on. And that's actually how I create a lot of my rankings is, is just my personal preference on the guys that I'm drafting. Once you decide what you're going to do within that first round or two rounds, because those are pretty Again, if you're just doing a standard redraft with no keepers or anything like that, you can pretty much get an idea based off of your draft position who's going to be available at those first two or three picks and you know which which route you want to go there. Once you decide on that strategy and you have those players that you know that you want that you seem to be grabbing um, in each draft, just keep mock drafting with those players as your foundation. So let's say, for example, I am at the number two spot. I know that if I'm number two and Christian McCaffrey is on the board, I'm going to take him. He's my number one ranked running back. He's my number one ranked player overall. So if he's available there at two, which he, he tends to be a lot because Jonathan Taylor seems to be going as the consensus 101, I take McCaffrey and then I have played with that second and third round pick to see which type of build I like better and whether I go with another running back in the second or third round or whether I go, you know, wide receiver, wide receiver, or in some cases, even tight end wide receiver, 
I do that over and over and over again. And then once I have enough of those mock drafts sort of concluded from the position that I'm drafting in, that's when I go back and look at those teams and I start to determine which team do I like better. And when I start to figure out which team I'm happier with, then I start to look at, okay, you know, during uh, for these teams, when I was doing these mock drafts, which spots are my quarterbacks and my tight ends falling into that I like the most. So if I happen to like a team, let's say, again, let's take that, we'll take that number two spot um, again, for example. So let's say I draft, draft Christian McCaffrey in the two spot in the, in the number two overall. I come back, I have, you know, obviously the second to last pick, the, the 211 coming back. Let's say I go tight end there. Mark Andrews is available. He's, you know, he's my second tight end. I do believe that he's, he's worth a pick in the second round. So let's say I select him there and then I grab a wide receiver, let's say AJ Brown in third. If that's the team that I tend to like, then what I will try to do is I will try to base my strategy for my actual draft off of that that draft. Now, obviously, you're taking a tight end early. If you've been listening to uh, our show for uh, last season, uh, I said that one of the things that I never do, and I don't think it's I don't think it's a good strategy to to bring into a draft, is I never draft a quarterback and a tight end early. So if on those teams, I like the team that I got Mark Andrews and I, and I picked my tight end early, I'm generally going to like the quarterback that I'm getting later and vice versa. Let's say, again, same thing comes around. I draft Christian McCaffrey. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I take Josh Allen at the end of round two. And then again, say A.J. Brown. So just trade now Allen for Mark Andrews. If that's the case then I know that I'm generally going to select my tight end later. So basically like the, the fourth tip uh, in this first was decide which deep type of team you want to have. Second was choose your, your must have players. Third was mock draft as many times as you can from that position. The fourth tip is decide where you're happy taking your quarterback and your tight end, because you, you really shouldn't take a quarterback and a tight end early. Uh, I'm not saying that that's, you know, completely out of the question that it's a strategy that you should never use because, you know, value tends to, to pop up all over the place in drafts. But if it's a standard, you know, normal draft that, that, you know, guys tend to be coming off the board at or around um, their ADP of, of where you kind of think they're going to go, you have to decide which one you want to take early and which one you would rather have late. That is completely up to you, which way you want to go with that. But you should be able to make that determination based off of these mock drafts and seeing which teams you like better um, based off of like, again, whether you went tight end early and QB late or vice versa. Also, whether you took a lot of running backs early or took a lot of wide receivers early, or maybe you're the type of person who, when especially when you're at that turn there with the the one, two pick or the, uh, the 11, 12 pick, maybe you like to try to take, one running back and one receiver and try to keep your roster balanced out a little bit more. That's fine as well. If that's the route that you want to go, if that's what makes you comfortable, then do that. But once you have all of that in place and now you know where you're willing and want to take your quarterbacks and tight ends, the final tip, tip number five is have a backup plan 
when your plan starts to fall apart because you're going to get into a dra- your real draft and inevitably something is going to happen like you wanted to take Mark Andrews at the 211 and now he's not available. Well, what do you do now? Do you reach for another tight end? Do you maybe take Kittle or Pitts or whoever you have as your tight end three? Or do you now transition from that strategy that you've had and take, you know, another running back or, or wide receiver, or maybe you do decide to take Josh Allen, but by mock drafting all of these different scenarios and situations, you have a better idea of what your team is going to look like if you do take a certain player above another player. And then now you have, you know, an idea of, let, you know, again, let's take the, the zero RB strategy. Let's say you start wide receiver in the first three rounds and you don't have a, a running back yet. If you have a running back that falls to you, that you, you see as a much better value than, you know, where you're currently picking, maybe, you know, the, these, the other people in your league just are really low on a player or whatever you can adjust midstream. So have a backup plan. You don't have to necessarily draft the exact team that you mock drafted, but you have to have an idea of, okay, these are the core guys that I want. These are the rounds that I'm going to have to take them in. And like, so for example, like Mark Andrews in, in the second, I don't think that's a terrible pick. I think you would be just as good with George Kittle there, Kyle Pitts in that spot. So I don't think you have to veer from your strategy if, if that doesn't work out for you. However, if your strategy was to, let's say, pass on tight end and quarterback until a little bit later because you, you see some values further down the board, that doesn't mean that you can't still grab one of those guys if somebody starts to fall and it's going to overall make your team better by doing it that way. So again, have a plan going in mock draft, make sure that you kind of have an idea of the team that you're going to be looking at. Like I know for me, a couple of the guys that I tend to be grabbing in these drafts a little bit early are Michael Pittman from the Indianapolis Colts. I think that he's criminally underrated by the public in ADP. I think he's, he's, he could potentially be a, a top five wide receiver this year. Cortland Sutton. Now that, Russell Wilson is in Denver. I think that he has an opportunity to finish well above his, you know, projections and his ADP and Dalton Schultz going in like the seventh, sixth or seventh round sometimes on that Cowboys offense. uh, You know, we haven't talked about tight ends yet, but he's going to be one of the guys that I get to, but he's a guy that I grab almost every mock draft because I just feel like, you know, him being the sixth tight end off the board and and me having him as the the third tight end as far as you know where I think he's he's going to finish uh, he just he screams value to me so that's a guy who you know when I'm doing these mock drafts and I've, I've sort of lined up my my strategy Schultz is a guy that I'm willing to reach for in the sixth because I feel like he's still a much better value you know even at the six oh one than you know, let's say George Kittle is at the, you know, 308 or something like that, where he happens to be going in draft. So once you, once you have a strategy and once you have an idea of where, you know, you have the guys that you like and you can get those guys in those certain rounds, you're going to see that there's going to be like a dead zone for you where you're like, I don't really like any of the running backs or wide receivers in this range. That's when you go out and you grab a quarterback or a tight end 
in those areas where you're not really feeling, you know, the other position players. As we all know, wide receiver and running back are the most important parts of your fantasy football team. They're pretty much going to make or break your season for the most part. So making sure that you're grabbing those guys that you that you really believe in and that you think are, are going to finish high and, and score you a lot of points is obviously the route you want to go. You Quarterback and tight end, you kind of have to mix in there and, and find what I think is fine value in those uh, those two positions specifically. Now, Scott's going to pop in here and tell you about his draft strategy, which is a little bit different than mine, but also just as effective. And uh, I think he's got, you know, he's got a he's got a couple of championships in in our league of record to prove uh, that the effectiveness there. So, or ineffectiveness, it depends. <laughs> um, no, and again, just to, to touch on what you're saying, Pat. Again, like you and I differ on certain things, but at the same time, I, I think that. You know, you, you definitely have to figure something out walking in the door or, you know, like you said, the, one of the biggest things is knowing the rules, like knowing the scoring system, knowing, yes, where you're drafting from position wise. And again, there's so many different types. Again, you a, a basic redraft is just kind of like kind of cut and paste, so to speak, like you kind of know where you're at with everything versus, you know, a, a dynasty concept and, and something like that where where things can happen during the draft that, Back in the day when we first kind of got going, it, that that was really kind of unheard of, but now it's a little more commonplace. And that's kind of where where I'm at with, with my stuff. But I would say, like, you know, first of all, are you mocking me? Um, yes, I, I think mock drafts do give you a little bit of an idea of what's, what's going on. And, and again, you can do one right after the draft. Uh, the NFL draft, you just got to keep up with them if you're if you're following that as a game plan. Uh, me personally, like I'll take a look at them. I'll mess around with them a little bit, but you know it's it's tricky if it doesn't allow for certain rule settings uh, based on your league settings for scoring and and different things like that or bonuses and all that. And by the time you get through some of that stuff, it's kind of crazy. But it gives you a basic blueprint for you know who's the top 25, 50 guys that that are going to come off the board based on positions and different things like that. So uh, they can be effective. I don't do them all the time, but I do, you know, from time to time, take a look. Um, I'm not a big, uh, not a big, I am not down with ADP. And that just gets to my overall, I I mean, I tend to enjoy a nice beverage when I draft, uh, especially, you know, in our league of record. Uh, But at the same time, I think (sighs) there's like an old saying that no plan survives first contact with the enemy. Basically, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And that's, exactly why i feel that to be water during your draft you can drink it as well if you choose to um i prefer different liquids but um, only sorry (laughs) um but when it comes to that i I think it's you have to be very fluid when it comes to it like you you may have a plan in place and that's great and then for some people that maybe are a little ocd and stuff like that you know it's just going to bug you out and, and you might like get a little pissed and, and lose yourself and, and man that somebody took your the player that you wanted and all this stuff just kind of go with the flow um you know be willing to to do the concepts that will get you the players that you want and, and i think that getting your guys is probably the most important part i will reach like mr fantastic to get a guy rounds earlier and people will look at me like i got three heads because well, on my list here, he was listed as the seventh best tight end, and I don't understand why. Like, 
it's the guy I want. Leave me alone. I will follow certain things when it comes to rules and uh, stuff like that. You know, who's who's the better player? Sure. If you have a guy who's a second round talent and for some reason is falling and it's not because of injury, it's because people are, are low on him. Sure. At, there, there are some values to be had when people slide down the board. I like being the guy that starts to run on people like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the quarterback because then suddenly people go, oh, oh, crap. You know, again, this this was based on like redrafts and stuff. Nowadays, Superflex dynasties, it's all out the window because your quarterbacks are your first ones to go. Uh, then the running backs are very close behind and then the wide receivers and, and so on and so forth. But I feel like if you – the plan in a sense is if you label guys that, that you are looking to get, uh, throughout, like Pat, you just talked about, like Michael Pittman, for instance. I, I, I'm very high on him. If I could get him, great. I'm not going to super reach on him, but I would would definitely try to take him maybe over a few other wide receivers, even some of the top ones from last year, based on you know regression and stuff like that when it comes to touchdowns and yardage and stuff like that. Uh, to me, that's that's the big thing, though, getting the guys that you want, that you want to have on your team. The one league that I'm in is uh, set up very much like the NFL. It's a 32-team league with IDP uh, and on that level. Um, it's crazy. I'm, I'm kind of trying to get used to that flow. And they have a single quarterback, uh, a running back, two wide receivers, a tight end, and two flex positions. So it, it's very basic, but it's also really something that kind of makes you think. And there's not a lot of players that are – around uh, at this point so you know you're really trying to figure out what's going on that that was a team i picked up but it was um at the same time just showing you that that there's a lot of hey just kind of have to go with the flow uh, sometimes of your draft and, and deal with it but at the same time get your guys uh that may involve you know renting a u-haul you might have to make some moves during the draft our league of record is usually pretty cut and dry sometimes there's a deal cut maybe just before the draft starts or right in the middle of the first round and stuff like that. Cause we normally just allow for like a year's worth of picks to be traded from the following season. As long as people are paid up, I know that's always a big thing regardless for everybody. When it comes to a dynasty league where you're talking about two or three years ahead with picks again, probably expecting you to be paid, but there's a lot more moving parts there. You know, whether you're on like sleeper or some of the other apps that are out there right now, being able to get, that far ahead and use those bargaining chips, which, you know, during a, a startup, it's probably not going to get you a lot unless you have somebody. I, I, I did go full tank in one draft right from the jump because I just want to see what it's like. Normally in our league of record, I'm also not used to drafting a lot early. Like this year, I don't have a pick until the ninth round. And that's because last year I was close to a playoff push. I had Christian McCaffrey. I went out and traded my first eight rounds of picks for Dalvin Cook. Missed the playoffs by just a hair. And actually, if I had made the playoffs, I think I would have had one of the best teams, if not the best team with points. But I, I pushed all in. That's something midseason. Now, I don't have those picks coming up this year, so I'm going to have to scrounge and figure out what to do. I get two keepers minimum. Uh, that's, again, our rules, our league, and how it goes. But during the draft, yeah, uh, sometimes you might want to trade back. If, if you're looking at the board and you see what's going on, again, you're, you're being fluid. It, you want a guy who, who, you know, he's probably going to be there in the next round. Hey, you know what? Let me see if somebody's interested in my pick and I'm going to back up uh, into that round and, and double up with some volume for a higher pick. It, it's not so, if, if it's not something that's going to handicap your team by doing it, sure. Um, are you going to trade the 1.1? You know, like, no, you're not going to do that. 
I mean, somebody, you know, brings the farm to you, somebody like I, I've, you know, I've been known to do that for, for again, for one player, but it's just being willing to to do that. And I think it's hard sometimes if you're going in too rigid. Um, I know Pat, you did say, you know, be flexible, but have a plan, but some people go in too rigid and they're just, they're, they, they have that they're following the ADP and they, they're taking the, the best part and, and they had this plan. And to me, that's just, that's just not me. I'm willing to make those moves. At the end of the day, when you're finished your draft, you want to like your team. I, I mean, you you want to you want to step back and look at that draft board and you know kind of start nodding to yourself like, yeah, I like what I put together. I even just said before we get started, I was in a, a draft a, a couple of years back, and I did that. I went down the line and and kind of just took the best guy up, the best player available, and, and wanted to see how that would affect me. And my team was okay. They weren't anything special. wasn't injuries. They were just okay. Um, I think I drafted from twelve team league. I think I drafted from like the eight or nine slot. I didn't like my team. I, I kind of hated my team and made trades and tried to get some of the players that I liked and so on and so forth. So that that was one where I, I it just kind of left such a bad taste in my mouth that after that I just said, "No, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to ever do that again." Uh, I mean, again, if somebody drops to you as a monster value that should have been taken rounds ago different story. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, the, just keeping it away from other people so that they don't pile up. Pay attention to what's going on. If there are runs on a position, I think that's very important. You know, whether it be tiers of, of running backs that are going, you know, Pat, you just said it, that running backs uh, pound for pound. And, and I used to think, yeah, but I, I've, I've done some research and I'm going to try to get an article together for, for the website to just see the, the impact that the running backs truly do have. And I know we talk about it from PPR settings and, um, you know, the, the, the dreaded committee concepts and all that, but to really see what those top two or five running backs do for a league points wise, sometimes the gap between one and two is, is damn near a hundred points. And that's ridiculous when you think about it, going back to like the monster McCaffrey season and, and stuff like that. So you do have to pay attention to what's going on, but, yeah, just again, be water, go with the flow, get your guys, be willing to make moves to get your guys. And at the end of the day, you you want to like your team. You know what I mean? You you maybe didn't pick your spouse out of a hat or your significant other. Um, you know, you you measured certain things out, but you knew at the end of the day, yeah, you know what? I think I'll keep her or keep him. Same thing. You, you want to really like that at the end of the day. You want to look at that draft board. You want to get to that website. Start to get your starters ready. Look at your week one matchups and you want to go, yep, I like my team. Uh, a lot of times I see people as soon as they're done drafting, boom, they're out the trade because they don't want this. They want that. And again, that's part of it too. go with the flow through the season. But I think at the end of the day, you want to like your team because then if you don't, you're going to be a little bit at a disadvantage because you're going to then reach trade away, maybe future picks or get beat up in a two for one deal to get one guy you want. And then you maybe turn it out and yeah, you kind of weaken your team a little bit. Um, again, a couple guys that I've been high on through the season, Jelani Woods, I heard struggling a little bit in camp. Um, we'll see what happens. It's, you know, it's his first year, obviously. And, and it's a, a little bit sometimes difficult for tight ends to get a little bit acclimated because they have a lot going on, uh, when it comes to blocking as well as, you know, being involved in the passing game. Uh, Kyle Phillips, I heard was getting first team slot reps with the Tennessee Titans, kind of like him. He looks a little Cooper Cupish, uh, uh, albeit younger. And uh, Romeo Dubes, uh, who I started picking up on pretty quick, reading the Packers wide receivers, and, and he was a guy that 
you know, was a solid player at Nevada and, and actually was, if you look on paper, outperformed in a sense, Christian Watson for, for North Dakota state, albeit he was the more freakish athlete, but I like the pedigree of Dubes and it looks like he's doing okay with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers, who's given him high marks in camp, albeit it's camp. But uh, if, if the, you know, top quarterback in the league is, is a big fan of you, uh, the back-to-back MVP and all that stuff. So if he's if he's a fan, I, I think that that's a name that you might want to pay attention to come your draft. Again, some of these guys you might be able to steal uh, a little bit down the road. Yeah, I think uh, you know that. That speaking of the Packers and their situation, I think that you know that's 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 one of these uh, things that we talked about in the off season about the loss of Devontae Adams and how they make that up. And, and I think the Packers are going to. Uh, I think that I think they're going to spread the ball around a little bit more. I don't think you're going to see, you know, the 30% target share that that Adams got going to any one player. You know, Rodgers was talking. Uh, I don't know if you saw the the uh, the quote where he said uh, they said something about somebody asked how difficult it was going to be this year without Devontae Adams, and he said, "Yeah, well, it's you know, it's it's tough when you go from one Hall of Famer to another, and and." Uh, the tongue-in-cheek, you know, thing was that that was about Alan Lazard and how Rogers, uh, you know, I almost say plans on, but but I guess at least put out there that, that he believes that uh, Lazard can be a an All-Pro wide receiver. So there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of buzz around Packers camp with uh, with the wide receivers and people sort of wondering where the the production is going to come from that is missing with Devontae Adams in Las Vegas, but. I think uh, Dubs is is definitely one of those guys who can step up and take a nice chunk of that uh, of those vacated targets for himself. So yeah, you got Sammy Watkins will probably be good for about seven games. Uh, Randall Cobb obviously goes way back with with Aaron Rodgers, but yeah, Lazard I know he is high on that. That was definitely uh, talked about. That yeah, he'd probably be the next guy up. He liked you know his size and and obviously his ability in the offense. And yeah, he, you know Rodgers is gonna. Throw it to whoever's going to catch it, and yeah, uh, if, if you're on that roster, I think you, you have a good shot. Just hold on to the football, man. So hopefully today we helped you guys with your draft strategy, kind of give you some pointers about you know what what to look for going into your draft, you know what to look for coming out of your draft. You know, as as Scott said, with with the wanting to like your team, you know it's funny you say that, and <laughs> in one of the leagues that I'm in, uh, we draft you know, a live draft. And, and every year when, when the draft is over me and my buddy, Steve, you know, Steve, he's also in, in our league of record. Steve is always like, man, I really like my team. And, and, and he says that he's been saying that for years. And uh, it seems like every year that he, that he says he likes his team, he like really struggles. And uh, the, the one year that he didn't, you know, he came out of the draft. He's like, Oh man, this, uh, I'm going to have to make some trades. This, this team doesn't look all that good. I think he ended up finishing second that hmm. season. So maybe liking your team isn't a prerequisite for uh, for winning. It might be yeah. a, a prerequisite for having fun. But I mean, maybe it just depends on your uh, your ability to determine what a good team is and and what a good team isn't. So no offense to Steve, but uh, yeah, I, I did like his team most of the time. He he liked it as well. So, uh, but you never know. I mean, again, you know, it's a long season. Injuries, you know guys underperforming guys overperforming different situations and uh, different s- schemes and you know the way certain coaches use certain players like everything is always 
we do this podcast because we love fantasy football and it's, it's nice to talk about it. And, you know, I do the research anyway, so, you know, why not share it? But until the season starts, you really have no idea what a lot of these, you know, what a lot of these guys are, are going to do and, and, you know, the positions that they're going to be put in. So all we can do is, is speculate here, but I, I do agree with, you know, you want to make sure that you come away with at least a few of the guys that, uh, you know, are your guys, guys that you believe in, guys that you, you know, like, even if, you, you know, if you're a fan of a certain team and, and you want to make sure you, you grab a guy from your team so that you can root for that, that player, you know, more power to you. I mean, I tend to want to take values in drafts and, and I'm not going to specifically reach for, you know, a guy who plays for the Eagles just because he does. But if I do see a value like Jalen Hurts, I still think, you know, going right around the sixth, seventh round, I think he's going to be a, probably a top three or four quarterback this year. I, I think, you know, getting him in the sixth or seventh is is a value. So I will absolutely take him in that in that range if, if that's where he, you know, happens to fall to me. But I'm not going to reach for him and grab him in the fourth just because he plays for, you know, the team that I, that I root for. So, but again, you know, when it comes to liking your team, it's about picking guys that you believe in guys that you think are going to, you know, help win you a fantasy championship in the end. So hopefully we were able to do that for our listeners today. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, we, well, we did help uh, your buddy from work last year win his league. So, <laughs> you know, try yeah. to make that two in a row, hopefully for him as well. Um, yeah. yeah I, great. I, you know, at the end of the day, uh, again, you can you could go with the flow. You can go in with a plan, but, you know, bend and, and not break and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you're trying to win, maybe win some money. You're trying to have fun. You know, it's a lot of trash talking and bragging rights for uh, for an entire year. And, and some people, uh, you know, really enjoy that part of it. And, you know, again, I, I think, you know, Pat will probably agree. It's We do online drafts and stuff like that, but. Like, you know, your first league, your home league, where you get the buddies together and you, and you kind of sit around and maybe have like a little, you know, whether it's a party concept or, or anything like that. It, it's a lot of fun. Um, I mean, and that that to me has always been the, the biggest thing. It's getting everybody together and, and doing that stuff. So go draft, go mock draft, have fun and, you know, just uh, best of luck to you out there no matter what. And if you're not happy with your team, give me a call. I'll make a trade. I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> So before we go, just want to run through our uh, where you can find us again. Scott and I are both on Twitter. We are at the Nine Route One and at Scott from Delco. Again, just real quick with the promotional reminder, we do have that Darius Slay jersey that we're giving away. All you need to do for that is follow the show, take a screenshot, review the show on whichever platform you're you're listening. Send us a screenshot of that as well with your name and your home address so that if you win, we can ship you the Jersey. Uh, but uh, please make sure that you, that you get on board with that. We have until the end of the preseason to get those entries in. And again, I want to thank Mickey's port of call pub in Tuckerton, New Jersey. Uh, if you're looking for a place to do your draft, Mickey's has a beautiful outside dining area where you can draft your team. Uh, also have a, a whole separate section inside where they can kind of section all for you and put your, put your board up and, and do all that good stuff. Uh, I know the owner there, Mike, real big into fantasy football. I, I've sat and talked fantasy with him. He's definitely, uh, he's one of the guys, he's probably, 
if you have your fantasy football draft there, he's probably going to want to hang out and drink with you. So, um, but that's, that's the type of guy that he is. So, well, I know we're going for, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so check that out. Mickey's port of call pub.com. This is our website. If you want to go on and request a, a, a time and date to do your draft there, please do tell them that the guys at the nine route sent you, that would, uh, definitely go a long way with, with, with Mike there, with the owner and, and, uh, go a long way with us too. We, we appreciate it. So, uh, anything else we got, Scott, before we. No, it sounds like a plan guys, you know, head over to Mickey's, have a good time and uh, local watering hole. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> maybe a good spot to do the draft, but, uh, again, hopefully, you know, hopefully we help this week and, uh, you know, we'll be getting back into our rankings soon. Running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, uh, might even do a kicker. Ep- no, I'm just kidding. No kickers. Uh, folks, we don't have that kind of time. No, 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 no. Break <laughs> Basically, just take Justin Tucker. That's all you got to do. Um, but, folks, you know, we appreciate your time. We, we love uh, everybody out there. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon here at the Nine Round. Peace.